God over money. Time ticking. My time ticking. I ain't even had fries with the Popeye chicken. I ain't even had sides. I was high five licking at the crib on the couch with the Wi-Fi tripping. I- what up, what up? It's your boy, Marcel Hall. Thank you for listening to the Hallway Podcast. As usual, we talk about sports, hip-hop, life, kingdom, you name it, whatever's going on in the news, we talk about it. Obviously, as you know, there's a whole lot going on in the world and society today, and uh, we're going to go ahead and address it, all right? And But we are going to do it a little differently today. I, I brought a guest with me, and uh, and I'm going to introduce you to her in a second, but we're going we're gonna to do something different. We're going to talk about, ev- obviously, everything that's going on. And let me say this. This is not a political segment, okay? Uh, If you know me, you know I am not a political guy, and I'm asking all of you who are listening, do not take this as it being political. And please do not send comments or or text or emails with politics because that's not what we're talking about here, okay? Uh, What we want to do, hopefully, is uh, we want to shed some light to hopefully help all of us, but especially those who are trying to understand the black experience to understand uh, the the situation for black America, especially with all that's going on. And so I know I can't speak for everybody. I'm just an average black man going to represent the average experience, if you will, here. OK, and I did bring on my wife. Karina Hall, and we're actually going to have an interview, but she's going to interview me, okay? And I do want to say this. She's going to ask questions. These aren't her questions, okay? <laughs> All right? These are questions that she's asking, representing a number of you who want to know how to understand or, or want to know more so that you can understand. And I do want to applaud you for being willing to listen and to understand uh, some more so that we can engage in more dialogue, but there can be progress on all sides so that we can have some unity and we can all get to some racial uh, justice and equality. Now, let me say this before Karina gets on and, and starts uh, you know, to interview me. There is a huge difference between protest and looting. There's a big difference, as you can see on TV, or maybe you've been out there protesting, and people who have been protesting, if you've been watching the news and hearing the reporters who are on the streets, on the front lines, they will they, they will let you know that there are actually three types of people out there. You have your protesters and your opportunists, and there's two types of opportunists, okay? And so you have your protesters. These are the ones addressing the real issue. They want they want change. They're going out there addressing the real issue, trying to make sure that the message of not just George Floyd, but of all the George Floyds that have been in America here, and not just all those who have died, but black America and the racial inequality and injustice that takes place on a daily basis. And so that's where they are. And that includes all races. So you have everything, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, all that is in that group. Then you have those who are looting. Those are the ones uh, doing the smash and grabs, going in, and, and they're just opportunists. They're taking advantage of this opportunity to go ahead and uh, steal, come up on some you know, iPhones and iPads, electronics, some clothes, and some sneakers. Those are the looters, and they're, they're not actually part of the protest, but they're taking advantage 
of this opportunity so that they can go ahead and, and do what they're doing there. Then lastly, again, with the opportunists, you have those with an agenda. These are the ones trying to cause some trouble. Maybe you've been reading or listening, uh, but you have Antifa that, that, that's that been out there. And, uh, uh, you know, um, there's also right wing groups that we've been hearing that that have been out there. Uh, you also have some groups that are trying to stir racial uh, divide and racial wars that are taking place. So as you're looking at the news, this is so important here. Okay, this is vital because as you watch, as you consider and process these things, as you discuss with your friends, as you try to understand and hopefully try to be an agent of change, you have to understand that everybody you see on TV is not the same. Again, there are protesters and there are opportunists. Some of these are looters and some of these are people that are trying to uh, execute a plan or a plot and have been planted there to for, for their own political agendas. And I've even had family members that that have been on, uh, been at the at the at the at the marches and the protests there, and have seen with their own eyes those with the uh, signs with twelve dressed in all black, spray painting, and, and not protesting whatsoever, but are trying to cause some drama. So anyhow, I do want to say that because that is very helpful as we process and try to move forward as a society and as a country. So uh, now I'm going to bring on my wife and she's going to go ahead and uh, interview me. Okay. Thanks, Marcel. So my first question for you is to help is to help us understand. Many don't understand or uh, don't really agree with everything that's going on around. What would you share that could help us understand? Yeah, I think number one, um, here, here's the reality that this racial injustice is real. It, it, it's real. Okay. I am one who has been a victim of this. I can testify from firsthand experience, not watching a movie, not watching TV, uh, and not just family members and friends that I talk to, but from myself. I've been profiled, racially profiled, been harassed, and even in, in embarrassed by the police. And, uh, you know, so many times, and Karina, we've had these discussions, especially lately, so many times that I can't even remember. And uh, you've actually reminded me of times in which I've had uh, situations with the law uh, since we've been either dating or, or married there. And so uh, this happened when I was a teenager growing up here in Orange County, Santa Ana, Anaheim. Uh, happened when I moved over to L.A. County and lived in L.A., uh, South Pasadena, mm -hmm. Glendale. And so this happened while I was uh, a youth. This happened while I was a grown man, educated, college degree, and even as a minister in the church. Some would say that this is surely an exaggeration, that this uh, is hard to believe, that maybe this is just uh, a misunderstanding or a bad experience you had, or maybe it's just one terrible occurrence in Minnesota. What would you say about that? Well, I, I would say first, uh, before you, you make you come to those conclusions, it's helpful to ask. You, you, you know, if you want to understand what's going on, if you want to understand the perspective, you want to understand how we got to this point, it's vital, it's imperative that you seek to understand and to ask questions. 
because even if we just did a quick Google check, we can see even in this year, the type of racial uh, injustices that have taken place just in this calendar year. We don't have to go on to the many years that have been publicized, especially with the uh, advent uh, of the um, of social media and, and, and cell phones with, with phones and everything. But it's it's important and it's it's so vital here that we ask questions. You know, there's a scripture in, in, in the Bible and it talks about being quick to listen and slow to speak. And that's so helpful, not only for relationships, but really helpful in this situation that, that we ask questions, that we're quick to listen before we make assumptions and conclusions about this scenario. And so let me let me help all, all my people out there again, because most who, who are seeking to understand obviously are, are not black. And so it, it's it's important here that uh, and wise that that when you're. That, that that you make sure to really ask black people uh, before you, you, you come to a conclusion or before you go online and share uh, your, your perspective about things. Because if you can get the perspective, it will help tremendously to have a fuller picture and an understanding of the people who are so frustrated, fearful, and angry right now. And so again, this will help. If you do this beforehand, it will prevent you from saying something that offends people and unnecessarily offends people, okay? And, and get you into some arguments and some debates there. And here's the thing here. I know many have good intentions and, and, and many of, uh, of, of, of you are, are trying to share things that you think would be helpful and you have a good heart and good intention. However, the intention without the information is, is potentially harmful. Because again, you can say something and your intentions won't come across because all that will be received is either dismissal or pain or it will come across as if you are, 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 are uh, negating the pain that people are feeling. We all know the saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So before we go out and speak up, I'd encourage you, sit down and not just one, but sit down with several especially black males, sit down with several black males and ask them, hey, help me understand your experience. Share with me because I want to understand and ask the questions. Marcel, I know others who have had bad interactions or, or scary experiences with law enforcement or the judicial system. Do you think that it is fair to say those people understand? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Let, 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 let me let me help uh, everyone out there. OK, uh, please, please. When, when, when talking to uh, black people or sharing online, please do not share that you relate to them and their experience of injustice or inequality because of one or maybe even two occurrences that happened in your life, because it is not the same. Now, you can possibly share that, hey, you know what, man, I had this happen to me and I can only imagine what it's like for you in that situation. Because if you share, hey, you know what, man, I was pulled over by the police one time. That's not the same experience. If you say, well, man, I, I went to this neighborhood or to this country and I was a minority. That's not the same experience. Okay. Okay. And so uh, here, here's the thing here. 
it doesn't help when you do this because it 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 it, it minimizes it it negates the experience in which people are trying to express and articulate and have gone through and so it's not apples to apples it's not the same thing and again the intention is good in, in many ways however it's actually backfiring let me give you an example i think that can really help us understand okay um let's say uh let's say there's a battered woman and uh she's been abused domestic violence, verbal and physical abuse. And let's say I was to come up to her or anybody who who had not been a victim of domestic abuse and came up and said, hey, you know, uh, I, I can relate to you. I was hit by a man before. Or, you know what, I got into a bar fight with a guy and he sucker punched me. That's not the same thing. That that is not apples to apples. That that's not being a victim of abuse. It's not the same thing. And so, you know, I I don't know what it's like to be a woman and be discriminated against because of her gender. I I don't know what that's like. And so I can't go to a female and say, you know what, I understand what it's like to suffer sexual harassment because I haven't been sexually harassed at my job. I do remember one time uh, before I became a Christian, I was in the club and this girl pinched my butt and I turned around. I felt so offended and violated. I said, my goodness, what's going on? And it made me think, whoa, this is what women go through. But there's no way I can go up and say, yeah, I know what it's like. I had this happen to me one time in a club. Yeah, that's an experience, but that's not my life. You get what I'm saying here? That's not my life here. Okay, let me let me let me do this also here for you. Karina, you ever been pulled over by the police? Yes. Okay, thank you. I'm a little shocked by that. <laughs> Have you ever been pulled over by the police while you're driving for not turning on your, your your signal to turn within 50 feet? No, no, no. Let, let me help you understand. You use the turn signal. Okay, you, you turned on the turn signal to, to make a right turn. However, you didn't turn it on within 50 feet. So therefore, the police pulled you over. Has that ever happened to you? No. Have you ever been stopped, searched and questioned for walking across the street on a green light with a flashing red hand? Not jaywalking. No, 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 no. Not jaywalking, but walking on a green light, just like you regularly would, with a flashing red hand. And they stopped you, searched you and asked you what gang you were in, put you on the curb, embarrassed you in front of everybody. Has that ever happened to you before? No. Okay. let let me ask you this. Have you ever been uh, followed by the police while you were walking through the neighborhood? And as you were walking back to your house, you were stopped by the police and they asked you, do you live here? Yes. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> no. Have you ever made a legal three-point turn in a residential neighborhood and been pulled over? No. You see, I have. All of those aren't made-up scenarios. That is what I have been through. And those are just some of the occurrences. Those are just some of the ones that stand out and show the the magnitude and audacity of the situations that I have faced here. And and so if you have not ever been through those things, if you haven't experienced one, two, three, or things very similar to that, you can't relate. And so it's offensive. 
it, it negates and it diminishes and dismisses people's experience when you share. Now, again, you might be trying to relate and that's fine. We appreciate your heart. However, it's best to say, wow, I can't relate. I don't know what that's like. Can you share with me? Or, you know, I can't relate. Man, I feel really terrible that you would go through a situation like that. Or I can only imagine what it's like to go through a situation like that. Because this is, unfortunately, the experience for many African-American males in this country. What about the other injustices that are going on in the world? Shouldn't we address those as well? There's other races. Yeah, let, let me let, let me introduce maybe some of you to a new word here. And, and that's whataboutism. And uh, I think we need to really remove whataboutism in this discussion. And, and, and because, yes, we do have many injustices. Do we need to address those? Yes. However, that's not our discussion that we're having here today. You see, whataboutism is just what happened. We're having this discussion and you bring about what about such and such. You know, we're talking about uh, this. Well, what about, you know, the injustices that are taking over in China? Or what about the uh, injustices that, that we see that, that happen to, to uh, uh, you know, people in, migrating over here from Mexico, whatever the case is? Those are all real and legit situations. However, those don't help in our discussion about this. It doesn't help at all. In fact, all it does is really, again, it actually backfires and hurts the conversation. It hurts our progress to having real, legitimate, long-lasting change. For instance, people tend to say, well, hey, what about all lives? All lives matter. Or what about the police? Let, let me help you out here. Black people believe that all lives matter. We do. That's just not the discussion that we're having right now. And we're trying to help other people see Black people's lives matter just as much as everybody else's lives. So it's not a diminishing of other lives. It's just, hey, our lives don't seem to matter and count as we look across the injustices and the killings that have taken place. Let me help you out also. Black people believe in police. When there's a problem, guess who we call? We call the police too, okay? The problem is here, we're not talking about what it's like for police officers in this situation or the difficulties or challenges. That's not the discussion. So having the what about isms doesn't help. It doesn't help in our discussion. It's offensive. Again, it minimizes and it doesn't allow us to have progress or allow anyone to gain a greater understanding so we can move forward. Again, let's go back to this battered woman example. Let's say we're all having a discussion and we're talking about uh, domestic violence or we're talking about abused women. How would it sound? If I were to say, hey, well, what about the good husbands out there? Or, hey, well, what about all the husbands who have nagging wives and, and they have to persevere through that? Is that sensitive? Is that timely? Is that helpful? Is it appropriate? Of course not. Why? Because that's not the discussion. We can have that discussion. Just, that's just not the discussion we're having right now. Okay? And so... That's not what we're talking about. And so here we are in a situation where we're looking to have progress. We're looking to educate. We're looking to, to uh, uh, illuminate. We're looking to produce a, a, a change. And so we can't have the whataboutisms. Well, I think one of the biggest problems that people are having right now is understanding 
the riots and the violence. I think most would agree that those are not good. What about you? Yes. Again, I think it's safe to say that in general, most people believe that those are not good. Uh, black people would say, uh, in, in general, that, that violence uh, isn't good and, and the riots and burning down. And I'll say this right now. I mean, it's not good. Um, however, I would say this here. Let me try to help you understand why it's just not that simple, though. Yes, riots are, are, are wrong. However, it's just not as simple as that. You see, the question that is helpful is, how did we get here? What is it that's causing such frustration, such anger and emotion that would lead to riots? Let's go back to the battered woman example. Let's say we have this woman. She's, again, been been uh, a victim of domestic abuse, and she's been beaten for years. And one day she snaps. This is not an uncommon occurrence. Would you agree? Yes. So many women have had this where, where okay, they, they've had enough. And let's say this woman, she's had enough. She snaps. She goes and she, she, she goes into the kitchen, gets a knife, uh, a bat, broom, whatever it is, and she murders her husband. And, 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 you know, she murders him. We would all agree that the killing was wrong. We would all agree that, man, that, 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 that wasn't right. Don't want this to be the norm where, where, where women are killing, you know, men. However, we would understand how she got to that point. Not justifying it, but we would understand how she got to that point. And in fact, even our laws and our judicial system even have varying degrees when it comes to charges for murder. And so you even have, I believe they call it crimes of passion, if you will. And so in many cases, they have a, 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 a leniency for the sentencing for these situations. Why? Because they know, hey, you know what? These were all these other factors that came into play and led to this. And so in the same way, you have a lot of factors. We're not talking about just one instance in Minnesota. We're not talking about three instances here in America just this year that have made public uh, you know, uh, news. We're talking about not even decades. We're talking about centuries, centuries of injustice, pain, frustration, and unlawful and unjustified murder throughout. And so this is why it's not that simple. But it is helpful before we 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 come to conclusion, before we make judgments that we understand the history that leads up to these type of things. But remember, there are three types of people out there. You have your protesters and you have your opportunists who are who are actually doing most of the rioting. And 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 uh, and looting there, so it's not it's not all the same people. So that's again important, and why we mentioned that at the beginning. Okay, so now here comes a tough question: How do you feel about cops? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if I yeah yeah I, I'll share this um, for me personally, and um, and I think most people would also agree with this as well. Um, there are good cops out there. There are. 
there are good cops. It took me years to get to that point to say that. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but there are good cops. And, and I've shared about my experience with many run-ins with with, with with police. I also have had my uncle who was killed by the police in Santa Ana. My family uh, has had run-ins with the police, friends. uh, And and then obviously, as a black man, as I see the the atrocities that take place on the news, either locally here in Southern California or across the globe. So I've had my many issues. However, thanks be to God, because God really has helped me to uh, to have a different view and I believe a more accurate view uh, of police here because there are good cops out there. And I've been fortunate enough to uh, now meet cops, to engage in conversation, to engage in dialogue, but more than that, to have friendships and true relationships with, with cops that I've seen and that, that are solid cops. And so I don't believe at all that all cops are, are, are crooked or all cops are racist. I don't believe that at all. Just like I don't believe that the stereotype about black males are true. And there are many stereotypes, but several, whether it be uh, we're all criminals. That's not true whatsoever. The percentage is actually small. However, what you see portrayed on TV might appear different to you. However, the numbers are, that's not accurate. And so the same way with police, hey, the the, the, the bad police or, you know, the, 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 these bad cops that are out there, of course, they're going to make the news. And of course, maybe you and I or, or some of you maybe uh, listening here have had bad experiences, but that doesn't mean that they're all like that. And so, again, there, there are many good cops out there and we applaud them. And I think as a society, we need to lift them up. That's a very difficult and challenging position. I don't envy them at all as far as what they do. I respect what they do. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to do it myself, but but I respect and I believe they're in a very challenging position in many times. And I applaud and lift up those who are speaking out against racism that is taking place, that, that have actually marched with or knelt with the protesters. And, and I believe there are many out there that are like that. And I thank those cops for being that way. Any other tips about how we can approach this topic? Yeah, I think something real quickly here. This is for everybody. Let me just say this. Social media rants don't change people. <laughs> they, they don't. Okay. Let me ask you this, Karina. How many times have your views changed by hearing the opposite views rant or name call? Zero. <laughs> okay. Now, again, it doesn't matter if you're a liberal or you're a conservative. Okay. If you start out your social media posts by using words like idiots, animals, buffoons, clowns, uh, stupid, or other foul language, you have lost any hope of persuading anybody to change their opinion and endorse yours. I'm just being honest with you. That doesn't work because if it never worked with you, it's probably not going to work with anybody else. When you're called a name, guess what happens? The walls go up, your ears get closed, and you tone out everything that's said. So uh, on both sides, all sides, uh, and this applies to this situation, especially here, uh, but but even beyond this, especially as the, as the election comes up, uh, political rants, social media rants, and name callings, they don't work. They don't change people. All right, last question. What type of change should we be looking for? That's a good question. I think that's that's maybe the million dollar question because there's a lot of rhetoric. There's a lot of people saying, hey, we need change. However, it's not necessarily uh, uh, um, tangible uh, things that we've heard or suggested here. I, I do believe in general we all want to see um, uh, or not all, but I, most people want to see that this is a thing of the past. 
that our kids and grandkids will say, wow, is that what it was like? Just like we might do with uh, maybe Jim Crow laws or, or obviously we still have people that were alive back then. But as we look at, 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 at slavery or things of that nature, we look back and say, I can't believe our society was like this. So I do believe that's the ultimate change that you and I want. However, here's what I ask. Is it systemic, judicial and legislative change? Is that really the change that we want? I believe that's cool. But is that ultimate change that we want? Is that what's going to produce what we're what we're talking about? Is that going to produce the long-term vision of this being a thing of the past? I don't think so. I don't believe that the judicial legislative uh, approach is enough. Here's why. Let's just look at let's just stay with our situation here with blacks black people in America. Slavery ends. Would you agree that was a pretty big uh you know, <laughs> systemic uh, change there? Yes. Of course, that's huge, right? The whole infrastructure is transformed. However, what did it lead to? Well, it led to the black codes and, and the pig laws. You can go ahead and, and, and Google that in, in, in your free time there, right? Then after that, it gets expanded to the Jim Crow laws. And we know about the Jim Crow laws. Well, those get, those get uh, you know, dismissed and, and, and removed. But did that change everything? Here we are, 40, 50 years removed from those times. Uh, and what do we have? We still have racial injustice and we have the atrocities that we are seeing take place. So I ask, is the changes that we're hoping for of this systemic change, is that really what's needed? I would say yes, but that's not enough. Yes, we need that. However, that's not enough. You see, what's needed, I argue, is a heart change. Think about this for a second. What's needed is a heart change. The way we think, the way we feel, the way we view things, that needs to be changed. That needs to be changed as a whole in America. You see, when you have the heart change, and I can testify to this, when you have the heart change, then all the other systemic and judicial and legislative laws, that all comes to play, but it actually gets realized and the heart of the law actually starts to come out. You see, and how, how do we get to this point where we can have a heart change? Well, I do believe a part of it, a part of it is what we're doing here, is we're having interaction, engagement, discussion. There's relationships, experiences. When you have those things, that can really impact your heart and then produce change. However, I'd argue in order for us to get to true heart change, that comes through Jesus. Now, this isn't some religious mumbo jumbo here. Okay. All right. This isn't some religious thing here that I'm talking about. I mean, this is real. Jesus actually unifies people, brings about the unity and the heart change 
that we are looking for. There's this verse over in, in, in the Bible and it's in Ephesians 2, 14 says, for he himself is our peace, talking about Jesus. For Jesus is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. And it's talking about the hostility there that would take place between the Jewish Jewish Christians or just Jewish people and, and non-Jews, the being Gentiles. And so you have Jews and non-Jews have hatred and hostility. It says, but in, in Jesus, he tears down the wall of hostility and now peace, unity, and mutuality can actually be achieved. And I've seen that happen in my life and so many other lives today. He did it back then and he's still doing it. I had hatred towards cops. I had hatred towards certain demographics of other races, but God changed my heart. And so the answer to producing eternal change is Jesus. And I would encourage you, if you don't know how Jesus could do that, then let's talk. I'm your boy, Marcel Hall. That was my wife, Karina Hall. Thank you so much. Tune in to the next episode of the Hallway Podcast. It's It's official. official.